0: The podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter. Sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. Now I wonder, I wonder, why do you think we've got a garden here today? Why do you think we've got a garden? Did you spot any references to a garden in our story? I've I've got a hand up down here, that doesn't usually happen. That's right, Jesus rose from the dead. The garden is, is, is about new life. And, and our gospel that we're taking a look at today, the gospel of John, mentions very, very carefully that the place where Jesus was buried, where the tomb was, there was a garden. All four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they, they start with the women, just like in our story, going to the tomb early in the morning, finding the stone rolled away and the grave clothes just lying there and an angelic encounter. But only John, only John is going to tell us about a garden. He really, really carefully wants to let us know that all of this took place in a garden. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. John deliberately wants to tell us about gardens and gardeners in his retelling of the story. And he wants you and me this morning to try and connect the dots and work out why. John is really, really clear that this stuff really happened, that Jesus is really, really alive. But far more than that... John wants to tell us that this is a new beginning, a new creation. Jesus is making all things new, and more about that later. For now, let me tell you about a strange thing that happened to me last week. The big question in my house at the moment is, is it real? That's the question that Henry and Ben, my sons, want to ask me about nearly everything. Dad, are monsters real? Dad, is Star Wars real? (laughs) Jill, I absolutely can't let that stand. (laughs) For, For clarity, monsters aren't real. Star Wars is great, but it's not real. You are welcome if you're a Jedi here this morning. (laughs) Dad, are unicorns real? No, 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 unicorns aren't real either. But these are the kind of questions that are going on in my house at the moment. And inevitably, there's another question too, isn't there? Dad, is Jesus real? Did Jesus really feed 5,000 people? Did Jesus really make the blind man see? Did Jesus really... Rise from the dead. Those are the questions on the minds of my five-year-old and three-year-old. Now, recently, Henry and Ben and I were having a detailed conversation about unicorns. This was happening just, just two weeks ago. A detailed conversation about unicorns. For the record, Henry wants it noted that he prefers monsters and Star Wars to unicorns. He wants you all to know that. But both Ben and Henry, they were a little bit sad. They were a little bit sad to discover that unicorns weren't real. That same morning, that same morning, we got Ben, age three, dressed. Now, if you know Claire and I, you know that we're those strange parents who dress their kids up in animal print clothing of every kind. Tigers, lions, Woodland creatures, sea creatures, and on and on. I kid you not, on this day, this very day, here's, what, here's the print that was on Ben's shirt. Not that one. This one. Oh, do you know what that is? It's a narwhal. Yeah, it's a narwhal. And Ben's three. And I've just told him that unicorns aren't real. What do you think's going to happen next? Well, he's a bright boy. He's a bright boy. He pointed at his shirt. And he said, what's that? I said, it's a narwhal. A narwhal's real. Yes, narwhals are real. Narwhals are real, Ben. You are tricking. (laughs) You are tricking. Now, I genuinely had to show Ben pages and pages of detailed pictures and documentary evidence of narwhals just for him to even begin to consider that I was telling the truth. Narwhal after narwhal after narwhal. (laughs) But in that little scene, in that little scene, Ben, age three, was discovering that reality, real stuff, is often more puzzling, more fascinating, more imaginative, more wonderful than any made-up story. And that's a little bit like Resurrection Sunday. Sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. This is real. This isn't a fairy tale. Jesus is alive, and that's far more puzzling Far more fascinating, far more wonderful, far more imaginative than any made-up story. This story is God's, and it's come from God's imagination. Now, there's plenty here that does the job of convincing people. But most importantly, we know that Jesus is alive because he met people. He met people like Mary, face to face. And this was just day one. Jesus continued to meet with his disciples over the next 40 days, walking along with them, having breakfast with them, going fishing with them, and even letting them touch his wounds. This isn't a fairy tale. This is real. And here, people like Mary, John, and Peter in our story are all coming to realize the wonder In different ways and at different speeds, quite literally at different speeds. But Easter isn't just real, it's massive. It's really, really big. And we find it tricky to grasp just how big something is. Let me tell you about a Year 7 science class at Tiverton High School. Are there any Tiverton High School pupils in or ex-pupils around Hopefully you won't be offended by this story. Um, Here we go. This lesson is all about the moon. Year seven, and it's all about the moon. Same kind of questions are coming up. And a hand goes up in the class. Miss, is the moon bigger than my house? Yes, the moon is bigger than your house. A few moments of thought go by. Another hand goes up into the air. Miss, is is the moon bigger than school? Yes, the moon is bigger than school. A few more moments of thought go by and another hand pops up into the air. Miss, is the moon bigger than Bampton? (laughs) Yes, a lot bigger than Bampton. Bampton. It took this teacher genuinely a long time to convince the class that the moon was a lot bigger than Bampton. Again, something similar is happening in our story. The resurrection is massive. It's huge. It's far bigger than you and I can grasp or imagine. If you think Easter is all about your personal faith, then you're like the schoolchildren who think the moon is the same size as Bampton. This is, in fact, what, what John is telling us is that this is a new beginning. He starts uh, his gospel with the words, in the beginning, just like the book of Genesis. He's telling us this, it's about new beginnings. And if you forward t- zoom forward from Genesis to our story today, you will find once again... A man and a woman in a garden. Not Adam and Eve, but Jesus and Mary. A man and a woman in a garden on the first day of a new week, a new beginning. So when Mary mistakes Jesus for the gardener, she's doing something far more profound than she could ever truly know. And those links are made even clearer later in the story as Jesus, that same evening, that resurrection evening, breathes new life into his disciples, just like God breathed life into Adam in Genesis. Everything is being made new. Yet the truly wonderful thing about this story is that as grand as it is, as big as it is, as cosmic as it is, it also includes you and me. Because this isn't just real, this is personal. And Laura, Sarah and Gemma are going to help us with that in our next song.